with us to get with us. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what his, his role is. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you are here this morning, and uh, we welcome you and, uh, and uh, hope that God is going to bless you in a very special way today as we worship the Lord. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, uh, you are very important to us, and we're glad that you are here, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together this morning. Uh, just a few announcements I'd like to bring to your attention. Uh, first of all, uh, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. I'd like to ask if everyone would take that and to uh, uh, fill it out and uh, put your name and address and email address and things like that on there and pass it down the road so others can do that as well. And if you would do that, we would certainly appreciate uh, uh, doing that. And especially if you would like to, uh, to receive our email newsletter, it comes out every Thursday, please be sure to put your email address on there and uh, we'll get you on the list to receive that uh, each week. Also, we are, uh, we are working on our church directory. We will be taking pictures in just a couple of weeks. And uh, if you have not made your um, uh, appointment for your family to have your pictures taken, then please be sure to see uh, Dorothy Spaulding, and she'll be sure to uh, get you an appointment. And we're also signing up for our mission trip. Our mission trip will, be on, will begin on June the 21st. We will be going to uh, Perry County, Alabama for our mission trip. Uh, this is one of the 20 poorest counties in the country. And uh, we'll be doing some construction projects and also working with some children and youth uh, in Perry County, Alabama. So uh, if you want to sign up, then please, uh, please be sure to sign up. There's a list down here on the bulletin board, and we would love to have you come and be a part of that. Um, also on uh, Wednesday, I believe, the, uh, the gold swap. We're going to have a, another gold swap. Our, our children's uh, uh, team has uh, already had one to raise some funds for uh, our children's ministry, and uh, and it was such a good success that they're going to have another one this Wednesday at 7.15. And, um, and this is a fundraiser. And what it is basically is you bring your gold, anything that you, you don't use. Uh, and it could be, it doesn't matter what shape it's in. It can be uh, uh, chains that are all knotted up and tangled up that you can never get un untangled. Uh, because they're just going to melt it down for the gold anyway. So bring that, and you can sell it uh, and get money for that. And, um, and the people who buy it uh, will give the church 10% of, of what they buy. Uh, so we encourage you to come and, and, um, and be a part of that, and that, that is a fundraiser for our children's ministry. And um, also, uh, uh, Sybil said that after church today at 1 o'clock, uh, some people are meeting to plant some of the plants uh, out here. I think we've got some, uh, some lilies and things uh, uh, that we're going to plant, so uh, please be here for that, especially if you have a green thumb. We want these plants to, uh, uh, to survive and to thrive and, and to uh, enhance the beauty of our church. Um, and 
uh, our college is doing something different. They're, they're trying to start a new Sunday, not really, well, it is kind of a Sunday school, a Bible study program, not during our regular time, but after church. And they're going to meet today to kind of get organized and, and have some, uh, put their, their minds together and have some lunch together and, uh, and uh, have some Bible study together. And uh, so be, if you're a part of that group, see, please uh, hang around for that and enjoy that time of fellowship and, and study. And uh, Jika, you have, uh, you have some announcements about Vacation Bible School. That's coming up very quick, folks. And uh, Jika is our direct, director and has some announcements about that. Uh, this afternoon, around 5, uh, even though it says 5.30, we're going to try to uh, gather around 5 in the choir room for anyone interested uh, in helping in Bible school. From youth up, we can use your help, whether it's two nights of the week or every night. Uh, we have uh, places to uh, be little team leaders with the children or just to assist uh, with the team. Have help preparing food. Uh, recreation, just all avenues, and it's at night. Uh, this way it accommodates uh, parents who are gone during the day. You can come uh, with your children to Bible school, and we did this last year, and it was very successful. It's going to be set up very similarly, where it will all be like a big uh, Roman marketplace. And our theme is Paul this year in the uh, underground church. So it's an exciting program, and we hope you can be part of it. It will be June 1st through the 5th from 6 to 8 p.m. Our meeting today is around 5. Uh, if you cannot be there but are willing to help, please see me. Thanks. By the way, our next blood drive is coming up uh, June the 17th, and I'll have that little sheet with me next week for you to fill out. And if you can't wait till next week, actually, I've got it with me today. Well, we have lots of announcements here. We are a busy church, and we are busy for God, and that's a good thing. But as we will find out today, there are times that we need to get unbusy as well. Uh, we're glad that you're here, and let me invite you to stand up and turn around and shake the hands of the people around you. Let's fellowship with one another for just a few moments.
in all creation shall keep us from the dust of our God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord that is in Jesus Christ our Lord
God's people said. that again. How are all of you today? Good. That's better. Well, I'm better now that I'm seeing all your faces because before I got up here, I was scared. Have you ever been scared? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Tim has been preaching about the five habits of being a good Christian. In his words, it's highly effective. Do any of you know what highly effective means? No. Me neither. Well, yeah, I do. But sometimes when he preaches, he uses big words that we just don't know. 
words like solitude. Any of you know what solitude means? No. Do you know what generosity means? No. Don't do that. Well, one night, Jesus told me. No. Okay, can you sit down for me? One night, when I couldn't go to sleep, Jesus gave me some words, and I wrote them all down. And it was how to be a Christian. It's as easy as the ABCs. And it no. turned out... It turned out to be a song, and I named the song the Jesus Alphabet. And Kaylee and Jerry are going to help me sing it today, okay? Come on, stand up, guys. A, B, C, and D, E, and F, and G, H, I, J, and K. L M N O P Q R S N T U N V W N X and Y and Z. A is for Alpha. This is just the start. B is for the Bible. Know it in your heart. C is for Christian. That is what I am. D is for the devil. Don't you let him in. E is for eternal, that's how long I have. F is forever, in the Father's house. G is for the goodness that I need to show. H is for heaven, where I want to go. I is for inside of me, where my Savior lives. J is for Jesus, because he lives. K is for kindness, L is for love, M are many blessings from the Father above. N is for now, now is the time, O is to open your heart to Him. P is to pray and ask the Savior with. Q is for quitting the bad things you do. R is for relying on God to see you through. S is for salvation, that's what Jesus gave. T is from the timber that the cross was made. U, yes, he died for you. V is for victory, W is where. X marks the spot on Calvary. Why? Because Jesus loves you. See you in heaven. Ready? Go. Go. Start. Start. Go ahead. A, B, C, and D, E, and F, and G, H, I, J, and K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, N, S, T, U, and V. W and X and Y and Z. Now I know my Jesus alphabet. I hide in my heart so I won't forget. Okay, boys and girls, if you ever have any questions or you ever want to ask Jesus into your heart, talk to your mom or your dad or a big sister or brother, 
You can talk to your Sunday school teacher, and you can even talk to Dr. Tim because he knows all about it. And yeah! And he'll even use the littler words for you. So let's say a prayer, okay? Let's close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I thank you for these children that you have brought into our home church. And I just pray that you be with each and every one of them and open their hearts and their ears to your word, your love, and you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, beginning at verse 28 and reading through verse 35. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, Jesus and his disciples entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons And he would not permit the demons to speak, because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. Let us pray. O God, our creator and friend, we long for your presence with us today. For many of us, our day-to-day routine is filled with much busyness. People are constantly at our door, on our phone, in our computers. Our schedules are hard to manage because we are being pulled from this direction to that. And sometimes it just gets to be too much for us. And so, oh God, we relish this time when the phones are turned off and the computers are gone and, and we can just be with you. And this time, as we make room for you in our busy lives, fill us with your spirit. Give us energy to face the busyness of our lives and give us wisdom to know what is truly important and what is not. Give us peace in your presence for our our wearied souls. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We're excited about hearing about solitude with so many people in our culture, even people who can't be away from their cells for two minutes. We have problems, Lord. We pray you would be with us today. Help us to sense your guiding. and Help us to be excited about the message you have for us and excited about the new way we can live when we leave. We pray for these offerings today and know they'll go to your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. 
Jesus, bless Sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, dear to the heart of God. There a place of comfort sweet dear to the heart of God a place where we our Savior meet near to the heart of God oh Jesus Blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before Thee, near to the heart of Continuing our series on five habits of highly effective Christians this morning. And, and really what this series is all about is improving our relationship with God. Um, but in order to improve our relationship with God, we need to experience spiritual growth. Because if we are not growing in our spiritual lives, then we are not becoming the people that we were meant to be. And as I've been saying all along throughout this series, the key to spiritual growth is to develop these habits that will make us more highly effective as Christians. We've already talked about the habit of Bible study, and we've talked about the habits of prayer and generosity. And so today we're going to look at a habit that may be difficult for some of us, but I think it's a habit that that can really change our lives if we put it into practice, and that is the habit of solitude. You know, we have a, a, a great model for this habit of solitude in the person of Jesus Christ. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus was very actively involved in the lives of others. As a matter of fact, in our scripture lesson for, de for today, we see him at the synagogue. We see him at Simon and Andrew's house in the midst of a crowd, healing the sick and casting out demons. And so Jesus spent a lot of time with people. But Jesus also knew that there was a great value in being away from people, being in solitude. In fact, the last verse of this passage says, while it was very early in the morning and still dark, 
Jesus got up and went to a place where he could be alone, and there he prayed. You see, Jesus knew that he had to spend a lot of time involved in the lives of people. That was his mission. That's why he came. But he also knew that he had to spend some time disengaged from people in a time of solitude. And that is so important for us as well. We have to make room in our schedule for solitude. And you know, quite frankly, that can be really hard for us to do. There's always something going on in our lives. Most of us are are involved in in so many things. And to be honest with you, I think there are some some misconceptions and some fears that are that go along with this idea of solitude. And I'd like to clear some of those up for you this morning. And so what I'd like to do is, uh, is to t- take a look at, at three things that identify what it means to be in solitude, and then to look at three ways that solitude can help us to be more highly effective Christians. And so the first thing that solitude is, is this. When I am in solitude, I am alone with God. I am alone with God. You know, one of the misconceptions about solitude is that we're going to be lonely. You know, if we're just sitting there alone, we we feel like we're going to be lonely. But that's not the case because, you see, God is with us in our times of solitude And that's why it's such an important habit for us to get into to help us with our spiritual effectiveness. Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, In returning to me and resting in me, you shall be saved. And in quietness and trust is your strength. You see, it's not just about being alone. Because if God is not in the picture, it, it's not really solitude, is it? It's, it's isolation and it's, it's loneliness. And, and let's face it, nobody likes to be alone. Nobody likes loneliness. Most of us don't like to be lonely. lonely. It's, 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 a, it's a terrible, miserable feeling to be lonely. That's why isolation or, uh, is, is one of the worst punishments that you can give to a, a, an inmate in a prison. But solitude is not about being alone with ourselves. It's about being alone with God. And there's a big difference. One of the great theologians of last century, Paul Tillich, once wrote that language has created the word loneliness to express the pain of being alone. And it has created the word solitude to express the glory of being alone. So you see, there's two sides to that coin there. Loneliness is the, expresses the pain of being alone, but solitude is a word that expresses the glory of being alone. And that glory is found in the presence of God because we are alone with God. God changes loneliness into a blessed time of solitude. The next thing that we need to understand is that when I am in solitude, I am quiet before God. This is one of the differences between prayer 
and solitude. When I am in solitude, I am quiet before God. And, and that's hard for us sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we have a real hard time being quiet, just shutting our mouths. Sometimes we just want to talk, 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 talk. Sometimes it's a real, we have a real hard time being quiet. But, but look at what the book of Ecclesiastes says. It says, do not be quick with your mouth, nor let your heart be quick to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. You know, we're always talking. But we're not always listening. Even with God. And I think that's because we live in a society that is uncomfortable with silence. We, need to, we feel this need to, to fill up all of the blank spaces in our lives. We need to, to fill up the silence in our lives with noise. And, and we're not comfortable with this idea of silence. But folks, if we're talking, then we're not listening, are we? If we are talking, then we're not listening. We can't do both at the same time. And solitude requires that we are silent before God. Because if we want the benefit of solitude, then we need to be able to hear what God is saying to us. Now, talking with God is important. Uh, we've already talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the habit of prayer. That's talking with God. Prayer is talking with God. And that's good. We need to be people of prayer. But it's different from the idea of solitude. Because the discipline of solitude requires that we are silent before God. And listen. And then the last thing that solitude requires is that we are focused on God. Now... This may take a bit of practice on our part because we're not used to focusing on something that we cannot see or hear with our eyes or our ears. And it can be really challenging for us to do this with all of the activity and the noise that's constantly going on around us. It's hard to find a, a quiet place to be quiet and to get away from all of our, uh, our distractions. And so not only do we need to schedule a time for solitude in our lives, but we also need to schedule a place. We need to find a place where we can be quiet and, and listen. And that's not always easy, is it? Because there's always something going on. We, I mean, we have our families, we have our kids, we have our neighbors, we have TVs and phones and iPhones and email and Facebook and Twitter and, and all of those things. And all of those things are good. There's truly a benefit to all of that. But folks, we don't need to be connected to the world 24-7. We need some time away from all of that. And we need to be able to find a place where we can be alone. Maybe we can go to a park and sit quietly and, and be alone. Or maybe we can, maybe you can go into your closet or even your bathroom and, 
And I know it sounds weird, and, and if you have kids, you can't even be guaranteed of a, a time of solitude in your bathroom. You know? But the important thing is that we find a place where we can go and be alone and be quiet. Because when we do this, when we can focus on God, then God gives us this amazing promise found in Jeremiah 29 when God says, when you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And so I am in solitude when I'm alone. And I'm in solitude when I'm alone with God. Let's put, be specific there. And I'm in solitude when I am quiet before God. And I am in solitude when I am focused on God. So now that we have a, a better idea of what solitude is, what does it mean to make solitude a habit in our lives? In other words, what would our lives look like if we develop this habit of solitude? Well, developing the habit of solitude will, first of all, allow me to become more like Jesus. My friends, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit enters into our lives and begins to transform us from the inside out. And what are we being transformed into? We are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. And to become more and more like Jesus, we need to follow the example of Jesus and try to live our lives as Jesus lived his life. And as we saw earlier, Jesus made it a practice to go off and to be alone, to be by himself with God in solitude. That verse that we read before was just one instance of Jesus being alone with God. There are many more instances in the Gospels, if you read your Gospels there. For example, before Jesus even began his ministry, he went into solitude for 40 days and 40 nights out into the wilderness. And it was there that the shape and the depth of his mission was forged within him. Just before Jesus was arrested and crucified, he went into solitude in the Garden of Gethsemane to make sure one last time that he was really following the path that he needed to be on. Also, immediately after Jesus heard, that, heard about the death of his, his uh, cousin, John the Baptist, Jesus was affected by this and, and he needed to go into solitude. Indeed, if, if you look at the Gospels, you will see that there are numerous times where Jesus went off by himself to be with God. If there was ever a time of significance in Jesus' life, if he ever faced a, an important, difficult crossroad in his ministry, Jesus searched out a place of solitude to be alone with God. And why did he do this? Because Jesus needed wisdom. He needed to understand better the, the events that were taking place around him. And if Jesus needed this kind of direction in his own life, then who are we to think that we can get along without it in ours? We need to follow the example of Jesus to develop that habit of solitude. The second benefit that we get from solitude is that it allows us to hear God better. 
doesn't it? You know, the purpose of being silent is so that we can hear what God is saying to us. We're in this world, and, and, and let's just be honest, folks. The world does a great job of getting our attention, doesn't it? The world does a great job of getting our attention. But guess what? When the world has our ear, then God doesn't. You ever tried to have an important telephone meeting while at the same time you were playing with your toddler or your brand new puppy or, or maybe you were cooking dinner or something like that? Or, or perhaps you were on the other end of the line when the person you were trying to talk to is playing with their toddler or their new puppy or cooking their dinner. And finally you think, why don't I just call you when you're not so busy? You ever had that experience? Well, you know why that is? Because the person is distracted and not really listening and hearing what you are saying to them. And it's the same way in our lives. The world wants all of our attention and there's a lot in our lives that distract us from God, isn't there? There's a lot in our lives that distract us from God. And the thing is, it's not always bad things that distract us from God. It's not always about sin. But kind of like that puppy or the toddler or cooking dinner, it's a good thing. There are good distractions in this world. We have family. We have kids. We have friends. And all of these are good distractions. But they're still distractions. And so we need to be aware of these distractions in order to find a way, to find a place to go to where we can be all by ourselves and away from all these distractions. And then once we are away from these distractions, we can have some solitude to, to search out what God's trying to say to us. Habakkuk 2.1 says, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what God will say to me. You see, when we practice solitude, when we spend time with God, when we, we are quiet before God, we are focused on God so that we, we can hear what God is trying to tell us. And Jesus understood this. When Jesus needed to find answers, he found a quiet place to go and to be alone with God and to seek God's wisdom. But then finally, the habit of solitude also allows me to recharge my batteries. Now, I don't know about you. You ever get worn down? Yeah. And you know what? If you are really living the Christian life that God wants you to live. And, and, and when you really start to love God and to love people as we are called to live. You know what's going to happen? It's going to drain you. If we're really doing it the way we're supposed to be doing it. It is going to drain us. It will literally wipe us out. And we don't have to look far in Jesus' life to find this out because he was the ultimate giver. He gave and he gave and he gave and people were always coming to him needing something. Jesus healed them. He, 
He fed them. He cast out demons. He never refused to, to help anyone who came to him and, and asked for it. He never walked away from them. And the more notoriety that he got, the more people came to him. And so there were always these crowds of people around and following him around and wanting a piece of him. And he always had compassion on them. And sometimes, my friends, even with Jesus... It drained him. And Jesus knew that his disciples were going to have to take over his ministry one day. And he knew the demand that it would place on their lives. And he knew that they too needed to learn this habit of solitude. And so look what it says in Mark 6, 31. Jesus says, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. You see, Jesus knew exactly what his disciples needed. They had been caring for people so much that they didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus said, no, you need to take care of yourself. Jesus was teaching them about the habit of solitude. And that's a lesson that we all need to learn because, you see, when we live our lives, live our, our mission in our lives, when we live the, the life that God has called us to live, we will get drained. And I'll confess, I, I felt a bit like that from time to time in my own life. Earlier this week, I was kind of like that. And, and here's something I've discovered. No amount of coffee or Red Bull or Diet Coke or even sleep will be able to recharge our batteries because not only do we give of our time and our money and our energy, but we also give of our hearts. And the only thing that can recharge a depleted heart is to spend some time with God. Folks, let me tell you something. Solitude is an underestimated but vitally important thing for our lives and sometimes we just need to get by ourselves with God and listen so how do we get started well we're going to have a moment of solitude in just a minute here as a group but you also need to to have the time of solitude on your own with God and you can start that today, immediately after this worship service. Why don't you just pull out your calendar and, and schedule it. Put it in your calendar, five minutes every day, to be in solitude with God. And start developing that habit of solitude. Maybe in the morning, if you're a morning person. Or maybe at, at your lunch hour, you can, you can uh, spend five minutes alone with God. Or, or maybe you need to do it at the end of the day. But it's a habit that will help you become a more highly effective Christian. And like any other good habit that we have, you just have to find time to do it. I want to conclude with one last verse of scripture from Isaiah 40. It says, God gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and the young will fall in exhaustion. But those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. 
We need the habit of solitude to wait on God and to recharge our batteries. Greg Gibson ran across a video that we're about to watch that, uh, and he sent it to me this week, and, and it's absolutely perfect for what I've been trying to, to say this morning. Uh, uh, so we're going to watch this little two-minute video, and then we're going to practice what we preach or what I preach. <laughs> we're going to spend one minute, 60 seconds, in total silence, and then we will observe the Lord's Supper also in silence as we listen for God's voice and seek God's presence. When I was little, I would get so wound up that my parents would always suggest that we play the who can be the quietest, the longest game. I remember trying so hard to not say a word or react to the world around me. But every single time it seemed like my older sisters or my parents would win. I always attributed this to the fact that they were older and had more years of experience. So I couldn't wait till I was older so that I could level the playing field a little bit. These days it seems like I get so frustrated with God when I ask for guidance or for help. And I feel like God is playing the who can be the quietest, the longest game. The silence can be so deafening that I feel like God is absent from my life. But maybe I have it all backwards. Maybe God isn't playing the game at all and maybe I should be. I mean, how can God compete? How can I expect God to speak to me over all the noise that I create around me? And how can I focus on God in spite of all the distractions that I place in front of me? Maybe you can relate. Maybe it's the city you live in, or the traffic you sit in. Maybe it's the planes overhead, or the schedule we keep. Maybe it's all this coffee we drink and how little we sleep. Maybe it's the advertisements from the stores that remind us how little we have and how we need so much more. Maybe it's the trains that we hear and the phones in our ear. Maybe it's the excuses we make about the pressures we feel that only more money is the only success that's real. So God, where are you? I can't hear your voice. I want to hear your
When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. As we take the bread and the cup this morning, let us be quiet before the Lord and let us focus on God. Let us meditate on what Christ has done for us and let us listen as God whispers into our ears and tells us what God wants of us.
The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and he broke it and said, This is my body that is broken for you. Take and eat.
In the same way also, he took the cup and said, This is my blood of the new covenant. Take it and drink, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes again. God is in this place, and I hope in the solitude of these moments that you have experienced the presence of God in your life. And this is something that we should do each day, to spend some time just in silence, listening to God. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your life if you desire. We're going to sing together, I Need Thee Every Hour, number 450. And there may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone looking for a church to be a part of. Or maybe you just need to come and pray and to have a moment of silence. We invite you to come as the, God, as the Lord leads you. As we sing together, I need thee every hour. Would you come? God, we do need you every hour of our lives, not just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, 
but we need you every hour. And we have come into your healing presence today, O oh Jesus. And so we pray that you would give us the strength to go forth to heal, to bless, to serve, and to seek the healing presence of Jesus in our lives every day and every hour. May we live in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.